0: And welcome, and thank you for being here and listening to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. Today's episode is all about making decisions, and I decided to make this a two part episode because as I started thinking about this, it's such a big topic, and so I thought I'd break it over two parts. So that was just one decision that probably was made up with a lot of other decisions or influences a lot of de- other decisions. Anyway, apparently we make over 35,000 decisions a day, and there's a bit of hoo ha online about how that is even measured, whether that's true or not. But I'm not going to get too caught up in all of that. But the study that I was having a look at references over 35,000 what they call remotely conscious decisions. So a lot of those are operating at a lower level of conscious awareness than others. But apparently we make 226 decisions every day on food alone. Phenomenal. But that's just one of the insights, I guess, of how we're making decisions all the time. We are decision-making machines And it can actually be something that you can struggle with and it can cause a great deal of stress and I guess also a bit of flaffing when you don't have a good clear strategy about how you make decisions. And so that's why I want to have a look at what are some ways that you can make decision-making a bit easier for you, particularly for the decisions that are, I guess, higher stakes. So maybe it's not about what you're going to have for breakfast this morning, but about things that actually have a higher level of consequence. Because with all the effort and energy that does actually go into decision-making, particularly the conscious ones, the higher stakes decisions, You want to have some tools in your toolkit to just help make it a bit easier for you so that you are not churning up more energy than is appropriate for certain decisions and that you're not setting yourself up for extra unnecessary stress because God knows we all have enough of that without adding to the pile. Now, decision-making is also a skill that will benefit you in every aspect of your life and work and unfortunately it's a skill that we're not necessarily taught about how to do so sometimes we fob off making decisions whether that's something like decisions about what you're going to do on the weekend or um, where to go to eat and this is something that I know that for Mick and I often when we get to the weekend if we haven't already made some plans or got commitments often if we're having that chat about you know what do you want to do Today or this weekend, often he will say, Oh, I don't mind. And it drives me nuts. But (laughs) I have realized that part of the reason why that drives me a bit crazy is that I'm making some assumptions about how I think that decision should be made. And I'm assuming that it should be a decision that we both agree on. Whereas potentially in his mind, in a lot of those situations, he's totally happy for me to just make the call and he'll go along and go with the flow. So the model that I'm going to take you through today is actually helpful even in that kind of a situation and even more so with decisions that are a little bit more important than that. One of the other benefits or reasons why I want to share this with you is because it can help you to avoid decision fatigue. Especially for some of those more important decisions, because sometimes you just literally run out of steam and you have no bandwidth left in your brain to make decisions. And that's a massive risk, especially if it is around a topic or a subject that is going to have imp- impact well b- beyond just today or is going to spill over potentially into impacting other areas of your life on an ongoing basis. In a work context, If you are an effective decision maker, then you are more likely to be seeing positive progress in your work and you're more likely to be seen and perceived as a strong, effective leader. Whereas if you're not a good decision maker, what can often happen is things really slow down, things can feel hard and heavy, and it is more likely to negatively impact on how others perceive you and your capability. As well as, importantly, your own sense of progress, your own sense of growth, and your own sense of your own capability. Because a lack of clarity about decision making adds another layer of stress to it. And adding to the decision fatigue that you're already most likely facing, and potentially other negative side effects of not making good decisions in a timely fashion, can have other negative side effects, especially when other people are involved or impacted or affected in some way by the decision-making process itself or the decision. So I have a question for you. Have you ever been in a situation where, and this could be in your work or your personal life, where there was a discussion being had about a a decision or a, a choice and you were waiting for someone to make a decision and... They just didn't, or they seem to be taking ages to make a decision. Or what about you've been in a situation where you've made a decision about something and somebody else got annoyed because of the decision that you made or the way that you made it? Well, if either of those have ever been real for you, today's episode will hopefully give you some tips on how you can avoid that or approach it slightly differently. In having a look at some quotes for today's episode, I found one that I really like that I hadn't seen before from Simon Sinek. And his quote is, there is no decision in life that doesn't come with some sort of sacrifice or balance. And I think that's interesting because often when people are oscillating about some sort of decision or delaying making a decision, it's because they get very caught up in trying to make the right decision and trying to avoid any kind of downside. But the reality is, especially if we take on board uh, Simon Sinek's quote, is that all decisions have some kind of downside potentially. And the idea is that the decisions that you make will I guess minimize the downside or that cumulatively they will lead to outcomes that feel aligned for you. There's all kinds of different decisions that can be made and we're going to have a look at the the four different types of decision as the starting point for your decision making process and how you can make that easier for you. Because sometimes we just don't realize the impact of decisions that are made and how they're made. For example, in my last job, the business, the organisation was in a, a bit of a process of change and the CEO and owners at one point were looking at making some big decisions about what happened with the business. And so they looked for input on the decision about the direction of the company and they looked to get input from a range of different people within the team and they did surveys across the board with other staff to get together the perspective and opinions of various people. And so that can look like they're doing the right thing because they are seeking out input from the organisation, the team members, before making a decision. But then what happened was they made a decision that really did not reflect on the feedback from the input that they'd received. And that caused a bit of flack because a lot of people felt very ripped off or a little bit misled that they thought that their input was actually going to be taken on board and to be acted on. But that's not always the case. And so particularly in a work context, so if you are employed and you work with a team or you have someone that you report to, if you have your own business and you've got other people that are involved or supporting you in different roles, You want to always make sure that you're clear about how the decision is going to be made and to potentially set up a bit of a process that's going to then create the optimal conditions for you to create a good decision. So today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the first part, which is about clarifying how the decision is going to be made. And the second part, we'll have a look at some different tips of how you can make the decision-making process even easier. The dictionary definition that we are keeping in mind for today's episode is a decision is a conclusion or resolution reached after consideration. Interesting. Quite like that one. Or a choice you make after thinking about several possibilities. Mm. And so I thought I'd also have a look at what's the definition of a choice And so that definition is a choice is an act of choosing between two or more possibilities. So we've got a couple of elements to consider there, the first one being a conclusion or resolution reached after consideration. That implies that there is some kind of end point, a conclusion, a resolution, and that is arrived at after giving it some thought. So we're not talking about spontaneous just reactive choices that just you know are like a little flamethrower moment what we're really talking about is a decision being considered the other part of the definition that we looked at there was about a choice you make after thinking about several possibilities implies that you will actually be weighing up several options or possibilities so that you are seeing a sense of choice And there was some interesting stuff that I found online about that these days, often the biggest issue that we have is actually an overwhelming amount of choice. And so you want to sometimes not be overwhelmed by that and to narrow down the possibilities to help you make your decision. But we'll look at that more in the next episode. Because a lot can be said and taught about decision making. There's entire programs and courses on it. But today in this episode, I just want to give you insights into a really great pre-decision making tool that I have found incredibly helpful. And then in part two, we'll go through the different tips of how to make a decision easy for you. So firstly, let's have a look at this pre-decision tool. I have heard it referred to in a couple of different ways. One is called deciding how to decide, and the second one was uh, the four types of decision. So Either of those two is how this is sometimes referred to. Now, I learnt this or came across this at my last job, my last corporate job, but I have since found out that it's from a book called Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When the Stakes Are High. And that has a whole program around Crucial Conversations, which is excellent. But this one particularly I loved as a tool and I have used it in a number of different circumstances and shared it and with lots of other people as a different tool to help them too. But let's look at some examples. So let's say you're considering leaving your job that you have done for years and years and you want to go and do something different. And maybe you're weighing up the options in your mind of what else you might like to do, how you could do it, etc. You might have a chat with your partner about it. Maybe you might talk with some family members or some friends, but no decision has been made yet. And what can happen is that you can feel like you're just going around in circles. So you can use this tool to help you clarify a really critical first step, which is to be really clear about, well, whose decision is it? What type of decision is this? So let's have a look at the the tool, the four types of decision or the four methods of decision deciding how to decide. Whichever one of those you want to refer to it as. All right, I'm going to take, take you through the four different methods or types and then I'll explain each of them a little bit more. So the first type of decision is a command decision. The second type is a consultative decision. The third type is a vote. And the fourth type is consensus. And each of them have their various pros and cons, or maybe they lend themselves more to certain situations rather than others. However, it's just important to be aware that they are different and for you to be more consciously aware of what are you assuming Is the decision-making method that's at play in any decisions that you're making? And is everybody aware and in agreement that that is the way this decision is going to be made? So let's go through each of them in a little bit more detail. So the first one was a command decision. So this is where a decision is made like just unilaterally by someone and others are just informed of the decision. And this can be really good where... In, there's either limited time or that delaying a decision would have really negative consequences or when there's a significant weight in the, I guess, the outcome of the decision. And so, therefore, someone from a leadership position just needs to make the call and, and instruct everyone else that this is what's happening. In a work environment, it might be some kind of announcement or decision that's made by the CEO or another leader in the organisation about a change in policy, a change in the direction of the company, or something significant where a decision is made and it's just announced. In a personal situation, it might be you just making a decision to do something or not to do something anymore that others have to live with, maybe in your household or, or whatever, or a decision that you make in your life that does some impact other people but you've just made the decision. And it might be things like... Um, You've made the decision that you're not doing any cooking on Sundays or you've decided that next year you're going to drop to three days a week at work or you've decided that you want to you've got this new exciting side project that you want to get started working on and you're going to be working on it every Tuesday night or whatever the decision is and it would be you just making the decision and then telling the family your partner or whoever this is a decision that I've made that's a command decision. The second type of decision is a consultative one. So this is where there's still one ultimate decision maker, but that that person actively seeks out input and perspective from other people before they make the decision. And this can be great because you're expanding your pool of knowledge or insight before you make the decision. However, it can be an example of where things can get a bit tricky If it's not clear up front that that's what's going on or that that's what the intention is, if you consult with your partner, for example, or you consult with team members uh, about whatever the situation is and to get their input on either what they think could be done or what would be the best choice, but then you make a decision that's different from what they have suggested, what can happen is that they feel a bit jibbed or disrespected or ignored. So it's really important that if you think that something is a consultative decision, then that you would tell people up front something along the lines of ultimately this is going to be my decision but I'm gathering information from a range of people to help me to consider before I make the decision. And then you would, would invite them if they want to give their point of view. But if you do that, then you're providing the context that they're contributing some ideas but your your decision may or may not agree with what they are suggesting but then if they've been informed up front that that's the plan they're less likely to feel annoyed or worse if you do make a decision that's different from them or if you just make the decision whereas they thought that they were somehow going to be involved in the final decision making process the third type of decision is a vote So this is where there may be a number of different people that are involved or that are contributing to the decision or that are going to be impacted and you would use a vote to determine what decision is going to be made and it's really based on the majority rules. Now a vote type of decision can be good if you want everyone to feel like they had a say, they had some kind of input and it's also important that if you do a vote that everybody that is involved agrees to whatever the final vote is, even if it goes against what they voted for, that everyone's on board to say, yep, yeah, we're whatever the vote is, we're going to do that. So this can be a great technique if you're focusing on efficiency. You don't want to keep talking in circles. You just want to make a decision and move on with it. That's potentially a situation where you might want to use a vote. Or if there's a lot of people that you genuinely think, need to or would benefit for having some kind of say or input on the decision. And the fourth type is consensus. So this is where everyone involved has to agree on the decision and they need to honestly agree on the decision and this can be really fantastic if you want to get a really high level of buy-in from a range of people that are impacted by the decision but this can be a massive massive time chewer. As you can imagine the bigger the group the longer this process can potentially take but it can be good for decisions that are really high stakes and where it is really important that everyone's on the same page. But you don't want to use this for a lot of decisions because it's more likely to just chew up a whole lot of time and flaff and decisions won't that aren't made quickly tend to slow things down and without a sense of momentum, then that's going to impact in other areas of your life or your work that maybe are hinged on a decision that's made first, if that makes sense. So they're the four different types of ways a decision can be made. And it's really important that you're actually clear in your own mind and that anyone else that's involved is also clear on which type of decision is this. Now, an example of how this can play out, even if this is a personal one, is someone that I was talking with recently was really in a point of decision about where she and her family were going to live. She was really wanting to move overseas and that had been talked about, but her partner was particularly wanting to move to one particular country because he has some family there, but she really wants to go somewhere else that he's also open to living in. But they were having these conversations that were going, you know, round and round, but not really progressing. In talking about it, she realized that she wasn't actually clear about whose decision it was or what type of decision it was. And as it turns out, when she went and spoke with her partner, she realized that he was assuming that it was kind of her decision. So this is where we can sometimes assume a certain approach to making decisions that can lead to a bit of a loop of indecision and ongoing conversation that creates frustration. But it's actually just due to a lack of clarity about the process of whose decision is this? What type of decision is it? So before you make any important decisions, and I'm not talking about you know, decisions about what you're going to wear today or what to have for breakfast, although that could be a fun game to play, I guess. Just make sure that you are clear on whose decision is it. If you're at work and you're having a conversation about a work project, before leaving the meeting or the discussion, ask or make sure that it has been made very, very clear whose decision is this. Or if that's not appropriate, you can clarify in some kind of follow-up conversation or email, you know, just summarizing your understanding of what was discussed and that a decision is going to be made by X person or that you'll be making the decision and you'll inform them. That can speed things up so much and avoid a lot of misunderstanding about who's doing what, or whose ultimate decision is it. Even decisions that are just for yourself Start with making sure right off from the get-go that you are really clear on what type of decision it is. So, a couple of little activities for you to potentially play with from what we've covered today. Firstly, just start being curious and notice all the decisions that you are making. You're unlikely to notice all 35,000 of them, but just start to become a little bit more consciously aware of the decisions that you're making or that you need to make. And once you've done that, consider for yourself what type of decision are you assuming that that is? Is it a command decision that is going to be sitting with you, or is it a consultative decision that you're going to get input from others? Is it something where a vote is appropriate? Or are you striving for consensus? And once you've explored that, you can then decide, is that the most appropriate type of decision to be made? You know, and things like, are you planning holiday activities? That's something that Mick and I seem to talk about a lot. And then I'm starting to realize that I have been trying to strive for consensus when I think often he just wants me to make the call and tell him, here's what we're doing. So what about for you? What type of decision is it? Then the second aspect or or activity that you can do is to have a conversation with someone who's involved in a project or a decision that you are aware of and ask them what type of decision they think it is. You could explain these four types or just even ask whose decision do you think this is and be really genuine and open about it and be curious to see are they assuming the same as you? Or something different. It's really fascinating when you actually start wanting to become more consciously clear about the type of decision and you get bonus points if you do this for at least one personal life and one work life situation. So that's it for part one of easier decision making and if you are wanting to make some decisions about your year ahead 2019, then you might want to come along and hang out with me in Sydney at a brand new event that I am running. I'm very excited about it. It is called Redefine, Reinvent. It's a goal setting workshop, particularly for women who want more next year. It's on Sunday, the 2nd of December in Sydney, in a suburb called Birchgrove in the inner west. I'm really looking forward to running this workshop and getting in the room with you to help you get some clarity and inspiration for your year ahead. It's really time for you to reflect on the year that's passed and for you to create a bit of a vision for your year ahead to make it bigger and brighter and ensuring that it's taking you in the direction that you want to go. When I last checked, there are five spots available. That's only five spots left. And the early bird rate finishes on Monday, the 26th of November. So if you're listening to this before then and you want to come along, grab your spot today. I'll put a link so you can find out all the details in the show notes. And if you're listening to this on your phone, it took me ages to figure this out. I don't know why. But you just scroll down on this episode and you'll be able to see more of the show notes. Uh, Or if you're on the website, then you'll see it on the webpage there as well. Hopefully, I look forward to seeing you at that event in Sydney. And stay tuned for next week's episode of part two. But in between time, have a great week full of you making great decisions. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there and until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.